Good morning, good to see you. All the folks that are back to school early, a special welcome to you. My name's Michael Powell. I've been here since about the middle of May, but haven't seen a lot of your faces. And this is the last Sunday I'll be here for a while. There's a series starting next week, and that'll take you through the end of the year. And then I'm sure that God will be answering the prayers you pray tomorrow, and maybe something new starts in January because of those prayers. It's, uh, you know, I've, I was in First Peter, and then we went through Jonah. It's very difficult for me not to preach attached to a series. That's how I think. And it also makes it easy to never have to come up with an introduction, because you can just review the previous week. So, uh, I was talking to Kim LeGraff about that last week, about, you know, I have to find a, a sermon to stand alone. And she said, oh, Michael, just... Bring out your, the, the best sermon you have. Just bring out the best sermon. Just give us that one. And I thought, well, I think I'll just cheat the system. Because the greatest sermon, as you know, is the Sermon on the Mount. And the series you're about to enjoy is the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm going to attach this to a series and preach about the greatest sermon. So that's the attempt. I'm going to uh, make seven statements about the Sermon on the Mount, but it'll be a little different. I'm going to try my best, and I think that God will help me to give you zero elaboration on any of these statements, but instead just allow you to hear the text of the Sermon on the Mount that attaches to those statements. So, we'll try. Let me ask for God's help. Jesus, I ask that we would... Pay so close attention with our mind and with our heart to the greatest sermon that was ever preached from you who took our debt, paid our debt, took our death, raised our lives up from the grave, all that we just sang. So I pray that we would focus on you and hear your words and be open for you to change our lives through the words that you once spoke. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Statement number one, Jesus gives us God's welfare system. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Of heaven. He tells us who we are. Blessed are you. When they persecute you, revile you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it then be seasoned? It's in good for nothing but to be thrown out, trampled underfoot by men. 
You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it shines its light on all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. He makes it clear to us that it is about the heart first and behavior second. He says, do not think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I tell you the truth, not one yacht, not one tittle will by any means pass away from the law till all is fulfilled. Therefore, whoever keeps the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever breaks the least of these commandments shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you the truth, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means get into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders is in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever hates his brother without a cause is in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka is in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool, is in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you're bringing your gift to the altar and here, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift here at the altar. Go. First be reconciled with your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary while you're on the way with him. Lest he turn you over to the judge, the judge turn you over to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you won't get out of there until you've paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her in his heart has committed adultery. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It's more profitable for you that one of your members should perish than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Furthermore, it's been said, if you divorce a woman, you must give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces a woman for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. Whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Furthermore, it's been said of those who hold, you must not swear falsely, but perform your oaths to the Lord. I say, don't swear at all. Neither by heaven, it's God's throne, nor by earth, it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, that's the city of the great king, but not even by your, your head, you can't make one hair white or black. Just let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Whatever's more than this is from the evil one. You've heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, just turn the other to him also. Anyone wants to take away your, your tunic, just give them your, your cloak as well. Whoever compels you to walk with him one mile, walk with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, don't turn away. You have heard that it was said you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. 
Pray for those who spitefully use you and abuse you, that you might be children of your Father in heaven. He makes the sun come up on the good and the evil. He sends rain down on the just and the unjust. I mean, what reward have you if you, if you just love those who love you? Don't the pagans do that? And what reward do you have if you just greet your brethren only? Don't hypocrites do that? But you should be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. He tells us about this Father and how we should be so near to him that we have a sort of secret, special, beautiful, personal relationship with him as opposed to religion. It says, when you do your charitable deeds, be careful not to do them before men, announcing them with a trumpet like the Pharisees do in the temple, that they might be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you do charitable deeds, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, that your charitable deeds might be done in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, don't pray on the side of the streets loudly so that men might hear you pray. Assuredly, I say, you do that, you have your reward. But when you pray, go into your closet, shut the door, and pray. Pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And do not pray as the heathen do with these vain repetitions, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. But when you pray, pray in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive others of their trespasses against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I tell you the truth. If, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. But if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father in heaven will forgive you. And when you fast, do not disfigure your face <laughs> that you might appear to men to be fasting as the heathen do, as the Pharisees do. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, wash your face, anoint your head that you might not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father in heaven. And he who sees your good works will reward you openly lay up treasures for yourself in heaven do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven for neither moth nor rust destroy thieves do not break in and steal and wherever your treasure is that's where your heart will be also The lamp of the body is the eye. 
If the eye is good, the whole body will be full of light. If the eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If the light that's in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? See, no one can serve two masters. You'll either, either hate the one and despise the other or be loyal to one, disloyal to the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Isn't life more than food and drink? Isn't the body more than clothing? Don't worry. Saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? What, what should we wear after these things pagans seek? Your father knows you have need of these things. Consider the birds of the air. They neither toil they neither store, and yet I tell you, your father feeds them. Or consider, what am I going to wear? Well, look at the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say, even Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. Aren't you more valuable than birds? Aren't you more valuable than flowers? Your father knows what you need. He knows what you need before you ever ask him. So don't worry about tomorrow. For sufficient today, today's worries are sufficient for today. Jesus tells us to worry way more about our faith and our vertical relationship and way less about our horizontal relationships. He says, Judge not, or you will be judged. For with the measure that you use, it's going to be used back to you. And do not give what is holy to the dogs. Do not cast your pearls before the swine. They'll, they'll turn, trample you, tear you to pieces. Just ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek. Seek and you will find. Knock, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it shall be open. I mean, which of you, if your son asked for a piece of bread, would you give him a rock? I mean, if he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? So if you being evil know how to give good things to your children. How much more does your Father in heaven know how to give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you would have men do to you, you do unto them. Jesus says there's no medium gate there's a wide gate and a narrow gate most of us spend a lot of time looking for the medium american culture gate enter by the narrow gate he says for broad is the gate and easy is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life there are few who find it Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, 
shall enter into the kingdom. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many, many wonders in your name, and I will have to say to them, depart from me, I never knew you, workers of iniquity. And beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thistles or figs from thorn bushes? Even so, a good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, a bad tree can't bear good fruit. And every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, you will know them by their fruits. He concludes by telling us not to be fooled and not to be foolish. Those of you who hear these sayings of mine and do them shall be likened to a man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, but it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Those of you who hear these things of mine and do not do them shall be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains came, the floods ascended, and the rain, the wind blew on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. The last verse of chapter 7 in the book of Matthew says, The people were astonished at Jesus' teaching because he did not teach as the scribes and the Pharisees, but he taught from authority. The first verse in Matthew 5 says that Jesus gathered his disciples to hear this sermon. So an interesting thing happened. He gathered his disciples, but by the time he ended, there was a crowd. And I still think that that is what the teaching of Jesus is supposed to do. The few people that will hear it immediately, as they hear it, it will be multiplied and it will be spread and, and more people will hear it because they initially listened. Jesus lines out two ways of living, right? He says, here's a foolish way, it's a disobedient way, it's a religious way, and the scribes and the Pharisees have been trying to get you to live that way. And he says, here's, here's a wise way, it's the obedient way. It's a secret sort of wonderful relationship with your Father in heaven. And so I would ask you to consider where you're building your life because all of us have experienced what we call the fall. Adam and Eve uh, in the garden introduced the fall of mankind. Jesus says, if you build your house on the sand, it will fall and great was its fall. You know, the fall of man's bad enough. We don't need the great fall. We don't need the, the fall Jesus is talking about. So all of us are sinful. All of us are separated from God. And yet Jesus comes and extends an invitation for him to repair that in us and for us to enjoy that as he repairs it and to build our lives wisely and obediently on the rock. Let me ask for him to help us do just that. Jesus, I pray that we would be your disciples, that we would hear your words, and that we would be searching for opportunity to apply them, that we wouldn't waste one day building 
anything on the sand of culture or self, but that we would protect every minute of our lives building on the rock, on the foundation of your word, on the foundation of your truth, your person, that we would live strong, wise, wonderful lives because you can change us and make us into that wise and obedient man that you talk about. I ask that that's who we would be and that you would be pleased. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.